When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Welcome to the 18th episode of Kiwi and the Bird, Book Nerds in Session. I'm Taylor. I'm Kami. And in this episode, we're going to go into an in-depth discussion about the vivid and engaging Shadow and Bone by Leigh Bardugo. Now, as we discuss everything, and I mean everything, here is your one and only... Spoiler, spoiler alert! Kami, would you like to give us a spoiler alert sound effect? I can definitely try. <clears throat> And now, on to the show. With the first chapter of Shadow and Bone, though, I think it's in, like, the first two pages that we get a description about the Shadowfold. Oh, yeah. And I think the concept of the Shadowfold is a really cool idea. That you yeah. have this light of darkness that's separating countries, how daring it is to go through. I think... Leigh Bardugo did a really good job of building up the threat. Even though, oh, a wall of blackness, how is that scary? No, it's scary. There's a little evil Volcrow that will go, you know, and eat you. Yep. Mm-hmm. And you feel that threat. <laughs> <laughs> Especially with Alexi. I always said Alexi. <laughs> I always said Alexi, too. We're just going to call him now. But I like how in the beginning um, that... And I guess it kind of more symbolizes her importance in the beginning of the ver- of the story versus the end. How Alina almost gets run over by the Darkling's carriage. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Because that kind of shows before the incident, mm-hmm. she's not seen as anything special. She's just... She's seen as someone who could be run over by a carriage. Has a carriage turbulence. <laughs> Versus the end of the story. Like, I, I like how that kind of personified how the Darkling regarded her, in a mm, sense. I mean, it's yeah. not like he's consciously regarding her, but he almost hit her with a carriage. <laughs> <laughs> oh, the, sh- the, 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 the book would have been much shorter if he had. <laughs> <laughs> the book just ends there. <laughs> she was hit by a carriage. <laughs> Um, but also with the first chapter, we, we, we discover that um, Alina's a cartographer. And I, I, I don't know why she is a cartographer, because it has no significance anywhere else in the story. I do wish it did. I do wish that she had brought her cartographer-ness to the plot somehow. Yeah. Like, maybe she could have given insight on, oh, I know this specific area because I had to draw it in class, you know? Something like that, yeah. Because, I mean, it, it gives her a connection to the second army. First army. First army. No, second. second. No, because the second army is a Grisha. I thought the first army was the Grisha. No, because the first army is under the king and this is like the second army oh, is a Grisha. Oh, you're, you're yeah, right. Yeah, 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 yeah. So she's with the first army, which is where Mal is. So like we have like that connection, you know, like I feel like the reason it's, it was kind of just like a reason for her to be there, mm-hmm. you know, I still don't like it though. I wish, I wish she had more to her other than cartography <laughs> maps <laughs> i actually really like the cartography angle because i i don't feel like i've seen a white protagonist that's a cartographer wow <laughs> cartographer but i just do wish it had played more throughout the story yeah because it is a bit more of just this is why she's here Rather it's not than... something that that it's who she is yeah but then you know they're they're preparing to go across the shadow fold right and they're like, ooh, scary. Cause, but, you, but you know, it is. <laughs> <laughs> it is scary. I mean, we see, we see, you know, Mal, who's kind of, you know, a little bit. We see him as a little bit of like a flirt, yeah. you know, with, 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 with the Grisha girl at the beginning. Yeah. Right? He's got eyes for the Grisha. For the Grisha. <laughs> 
kind of flirty, but you, we see, like, Alina kind of has, like, a little crush, you know? Maybe she doesn't want to admit it the whole time, because it's the same. She's like, oh my goodness, Mal is such a freaking idiot. I love it so much. <laughs> <laughs> and there's that scene where, like, he, like, calls her out, right, from her bunk. And it's cute. They have a little chit-chat. A little chit-chat. Under the stars. Like, oh, I, oh, that's cool. I love you. <laughs> have a good night. <laughs> and then that's it that's it with them yeah that's kind of the main starting taste we get with mal and besides the prologue with mal and Alina, it's yeah. just that kind of that one moment like they're best friends but you know he's doing his thing she's doing his thing she's doing her, her thing, thing. <laughs> that's i can i can form sentences um but yeah you just kind of like get that taste with their friendship in the beginning, and this was, it may just be because we are reading this through her perspective, but I felt like the friendship was more necessary to Lena than it was to Mal. I feel like Mal, it, well, it seems like Mal would have been fine without her because she even says that she doesn't feel like she belongs in the First Army, but that Mal is kind of instantly integrated. He has his friends there. He's got the Grisha girls that he's into but that she kind of feels separate from it. So I, I, it almost feels like he'd be fine. Without her. Like, it seems like she's very much dependent on him. Yeah. I don't love that. Yeah, well, because, you know, if you, if you, with a friend. You don't want your friend to be like, oh, yeah, I'm, I'm fine. I have two friends here and a Grisha girl, the Grish. <laughs> yeah. So, I, yeah, it could just be just from her perspective, but... I see it. But that sense of she needs him more than he needs her kind of carried with me throughout the story. Oh. Yeah. Yeah, I can see it. And no, so I, I can... I think that's why I was pushed toward more darker <laughs> oh, oh, are we directions. getting to it? Are we doing that? <laughs> because, well, she obviously feels very strongly for him because there's a scene where they, they go into the shadow fold. And then they're ambushed by like a million bullcrap, <laughs> right? Yeah. Like by Alexi. Sorry. <laughs> Not you. He out. You're just like out of the picture. And then like there's this whole thing, blah, blah, blah. Mal gets injured. Injured. And she's like, to be fair, he did no. protect her though. He did. He yeah. did. I appreciated that. Yeah, I was like, okay. and I was like, you know what? Maybe not. I'm, Maybe you're chill. Possibly. <laughs> <laughs> Undecided. <laughs> And then that's when she, Alina, kind of unleashes her unknown power, you mm-hmm. know? Something happened on the skiff in the Shadowfold. She doesn't really know what, though. She passes out. Yes. And then she wakes up. All of a sudden, everyone thinks she's something, but she doesn't quite know what. She doesn't remember what happened on the Shadowfold. She just knew that she had to save Mel. Yeah. But um. she's dragged away to... The Darkling's tent. She's she's dragged away to the 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 Grisha, mm-hmm. to like all of theirs, and she's like, "What? I don't belong here. What's happening?" Grisha with your cool keftas. Whoa, yeah. cool keftas are cool though. They are. Yeah, they are. I was like, hmm. fashion choice. <laughs> <laughs> Fall twenty twenty one. She's taken to this giant tent filled with a bunch of Grisha, right? Mm-hmm. And then that's when you kind of meet Zoya. Yeah. Who's just kind of, she was like the pretty girl that Mal was like eyeing in the beginning. Hey. <laughs> and, you know, she she's very sure of herself, you know. She's very like, yeah, I'm the best. Yeah. Every time I heard the name Zoya, I just kept thinking of Glow, which is a Netflix TV show. Because there's a character who plays another character called Zoya the Destroyer. So every time I read Zoya, I kept thinking Zoya the Destroyer. <laughs> And base okay, what basically happens in that scene is that, you know, the Darkling comes and he's like, You like you have something some power, like some light came from you. Like, yeah. Are you I I don't know if he says this, but it's basically like, are you a sun summoner? Mm-hmm. She's like, What? No. I was tested when I was a child. Where's Mal? Via Grisha? Ew. <laughs> <laughs> and then the Darkling, you know, does his thing because he's an amplifier, mm-hmm. right? He kind of brings forth the magic in her blood. Yeah, and it's discovered, oh, she she does have this power inside of her. She is a sun summoner. Yeah. And afterwards, he's just like, yeah, okay. 
And he basically just drags her off. Get in the carriage. <laughs> Get in the carriage. We're going to the little palace. Yeah. She doesn't really know what's happening. She doesn't know, like, what's going on with Mal or anything. And she's just, she just goes. She's driven away. Basically, she's like, no, I don't want to go. I want to stay and see what happened to Mal. And the person escorting her, Ivan, basically says, hey, people know that you're a son somewhere now. There were a lot of witnesses on the skiff. And all sorts of people are going to be hunting you now. You're not safe here, basically. Yeah. You're going to get a bunch of feared and assassins. Everyone's going to be wanting to kill you. Which, rough. Yeah. I mean, it's not good when people want to kill you. No, I mean, like, you didn't have this power, and now you do, and now you have a target on your back. Yeah, not fun. No. You're tossed into a carriage, you're told to go away. Yeah. But the whole idea of a sun summoner, I think, is really cool. Especially in context with the story, how there is this impenetrable darkness, what could be the one thing to take this thing out? Well, of course, a sun summoner. Mm -hmm. But that this sun summoner doesn't know she's a sun summoner. She's kind of a nobody. And then all of a sudden, in an instant, she is expected to be the savior of the world. It's crazy. Yeah. It's like, kind of unfair. (laughs) Like, (laughs) who wants that? (laughs) Like... Dude, I, I was just drawing maps, like, a day ago. <laughs> I couldn't even draw a good one. Alexi had to help me out. And then he died. And then he's gone. <laughs> My friend got injured. He got punctured by, you know. Yeah. I don't know where he is. Is he okay? We don't know. Asking for a friend. <laughs> Literally. <laughs> but I also thought her power was cool, just in contrast to the Darkling. Yeah. Because his, his power... From his name is to conjure darkness, right? Mm-hmm. So it's just like he he has his thing, you know, like ooh dark. <laughs> <laughs> I'm shadows, <laughs> shadows, and then she's just like she's his complete opposite in like being able to summon the light. It's quite literally the the most opposites attract of opposites attract. The dark versus the light. The dark in this case is hot though. Yeah, which we see. In the scene where she's taken in the carriage, you know, and then they're ambushed by assassins, feared and yes. Mm-hmm. And, you know, the Darkling didn't go on the carriage with her because he's like, I'll catch up to you. You guys got to go quickly, blah, 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 blah. And then, you know, she's kind of like backed into the corner because she, she doesn't have control of her power. She just discovered she had and, it. And she has no training. She's a cartographer. Yeah. She does nothing. She's like, let me draw you a hill real fast. <laughs> <laughs> Let me show you my skills. (laughs) And basically, this dude's about to, like, axe her. Yeah, he's on... Is he on top of her and he's, like, pinning her down? I think so. I think she, um... So, she was told to stay inside the carriage, but, like, her guards were being overwhelmed, and so she runs out. She runs up a hill, right? And, like, he catches up to her. He's about to, like, kill her with... I think it's an axe. I could be wrong. I could be wrong. It's, It's been a while. And then all of a sudden... You get sliced. Yeah. In sliced half. and diced. Literally. Yeah. You right in front of her. Yeah. Which, I mean, gross. Brutal. <laughs> this girl's having a rough day. <laughs> Holy she crap. Really is. Oh, poor Alina. And then we see the Darkling, just basically, like, he just, he, he went for it. You know, yeah. he used his power called, I think he calls it the slice. I think it's called the cut. Ah! But if I better, remember right. Better. Better. And she's like, what did you just do? And he's like, that was the cut. <laughs> <laughs> and so he comes, basically comes to her rescue. But there, there was, it was that scene where I was like, oh, the Darkling's kind of, you know, attractive. Like, this, how interesting. I don't know. I think it was when, when um, she was, there's this one little part where Alina's trying to look back at the guy, you know, who the Darkling just cut in half. Yeah. And he like kind of grabs her chin and just kind of like, look back at me. And, you know, I have a thing for guys, like, holding a girl's chin. Yeah. It's, 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 huh. it's a thing. It's a thing. It's a thing. It's a thing. And so in that moment, that's that's when it started, you know? Mm-hmm. My love for the Darkling. <laughs> well, he just has such a power and confidence to him where I'm like, okay, yeah, he just chopped someone in half, but he just chopped someone in half. For her. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> <laughs> you nailed it. <laughs> But where he does have that presence, and it's dark, and it's mysterious, and you know he's powerful. 
Mm-hmm. I mean, just the way that people regard him. It is kind of like he's a little king. Yeah. And so for him to kind of intervene and say, hey, you matter enough that I would do this for you. Which is like the most basic requirement <laughs> <laughs> of a guy. <laughs> but in that moment, I was like, okay, all right. Who's Mal? Who? I don't know. <laughs> True, though. Yeah. In that moment, I was like, Darkling, Mal. Darkling, Darkling. Always Darkling. Yeah. And then after that scene, I believe, is when the Darkling and Alina and a few of the surviving soldiers kind of hole up in a barn um, as they pause in their journey. And Alina has the opportunity to talk to him a little bit more. And she learns his age. And he's quite an old guy. You wouldn't know it by looking at him, by reading by about him. But he's an oldie. Just, just a touch. Just just a tad. I mean, he's aging very well. <laughs> What's his skincare routine? <laughs> <laughs> Are you eating a pine cone every day? <laughs> Tell me the truth. Wait, a pine cone? Oh, that must be <laughs> <laughs> Um... And I believe it's also here where we first hear about the black heretic, right? Yes. Where he goes, there's an ancestor of mine called the black heretic who created the shadow fold. And thus, people look at me and fear me. And they assume the, the nature of my powers to be bad because of what's come of it. Which I'm like, I, I think that's fair that, that's for people to assume. That's pretty damn Yeah. I'm, I mean, the shadow fold was created by a darkling. A Darkling has a power, has the power to create a Shadowfold. I get it. Yeah. I'd be a little hesitant. But then also I'm like, but you're hot. But you're, you're hot and it seems like you're trying to redeem yeah. yourself and Yeah, your he's basically like, I, I want to undo what was done. With yeah. your help, Alina, mm-hmm. we're going to change the world. Mm-hmm. As said in the trailers to the TV show, as said in the book, I believe, as well. But I think... This scene does well to do a lot of things. It sets up what we believe at that point is the Darkling's motivations. It sets up kind of like a beginning spark between Alina and the Darkling, where they're they're kind of being joined together for this one purpose. One where it, it makes her feel like she's important because, because she goes, I don't understand this power, but with it, I could be what people think I am. I could be a Sun Summoner. I could destroy this darkness that really is ruining the country and so that there I think does a lot to drive the story which I think is part of the reason why the pace is really good Mm. and why it's very steady is because from that point we know what we think we should expect from people. I think that scene also just did a good job of kind of showing maybe a more human side to the Darkling. Because when you're first introduced to him, he's just kind of like, ooh, the Darkling. Like, he's the only Grisha who's allowed to wear black. You know, like, he's considered one of the most powerful Grisha in the world. Like, you you see him kind of put on a pedestal. And so in this scene, like, with just, like, a bunch of soldiers and her and Alina and the Darkling in a barn, it's such a kind of, like... Such a common... Common, yeah. yeah. So that's a good word for it. A common setting. Like, you just kind of... You just see a little bit more human in the Darkling. Supposing. So, yes. Is he human? Question mark. Does he have <laughs> ulterior motives? Question mark. <laughs> Perhaps. Do we know? <laughs> but after that scene, they go ahead and go to the little palace. Get there. And then the Darkling's like, do you like it? She's like, sure. And he's like, I don't. It's gaudy. (laughs) (laughs) And then she's introduced to the little palace and she's taken up to her bedroom to sleep. And I think that's when she's introduced to Jenya. Yes. I said it Jenya. Apparently that's the way Labor Dugo says (laughs) to pronounce. I thought it was Genya, but it's fine. (laughs) (laughs) And Alina at first, well, actually, okay. This is a question I had. When Alina arrived to the little palace and when she's introduced to her room and stuff, you know, the door closes and they say, make sure you lock the door. Why did they say that? Hmm. Because it's not as though there's kind of a callback to that later when maybe an assassin stalks into her room and tries to kill her. Like, there isn't a scenario like that. It just, they say, lock your door. 
And then that's kind of it. I mean, I lock my door as a precaution <laughs> all the time. Yeah. That's just me being paranoid, though. But it's just weird for them to have told her that. Like, if Alina did that on her own, I'd be like, okay, that's a character trait. She is... She's in an unfamiliar she, environment. Yeah, and she wants to take this precaution. Mm-hmm. But they tell her explicitly to lock her door. So that's kind of what threw me off a little bit. And I was just kind of like, okay, but why? And then they never explain it. Yeah. Mm. That is weird. Yeah. I, I, I just was wondering if you, like, I, I wonder if I missed something. I don't remember anything. Because I do that a lot. <laughs> to be honest with you, I don't, like, I remember very specific things about this book. Mm. And it mostly has to do with the dark. <laughs> <laughs> that's fair. <laughs> But then, after that, the next day, Jenya comes into the room. She says, hey, yo, I'm Jenya. I'm beautiful. We got to get you ready for the king, basically. And she was like, so are you, like, a Grisha? She was like, yeah. (laughs) Kind of. Kind of. Yeah. Kind of. She was wearing cream Mm -hmm. captains? Yep. Yes. And was it there we discovered she's a tailor? Yes, I believe so. Because she kind of helps, Jenya helps freshen up Alina's face. Kind of like take off like the dark circles and the sickly pale lookingness. Yes. I kind of like Jenya, not gonna lie. Yeah, what was your kind of first opinion of her? I was like, oh, she's gonna be the beautiful beautiful best friend that gets her through all of this. I was like, that's her character. Like, <laughs> I knew it right then and there. And she kind of was, you know? She kind of was. She wasn't, she didn't have a huge presence mm-hmm. in the first book. I don't know about the other ones. I haven't read them yet. But she didn't have a huge present. Mm-hmm. Um, but you you remember her, you know? Mm-hmm. You're like, oh, it's Jenya. She sticks out enough that she's memorable. Mm-hmm. But then it's also not like she's the biggest piece of the puzzle. No. But she does, like, give information and everything. She's like that character, too. Mm-hmm. Which I didn't mind, Genya. Oh, my goodness. Now I'm saying <laughs> <laughs> um, I didn't. I didn't mind Genya... Um, because usually I actually don't tend to like those characters that mm-hmm. are just... Wrath in the Dawn. Yeah, where it's just kind of, oh, they're the servant friend, essentially. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But I didn't mind Jenya. No, I didn't. Because she, she was just charming enough. I was like, okay, I'm, I'm intrigued. What's happening with David? Hmm? Yeah, <laughs> tell us. <laughs> What's the lowdown of the little palace here? <laughs> um... And that, yeah. after that is when Alina is taken to the king, essentially to show off her powers. The Darkling wants to get permission from the king to start training Alina. Oh, yeah. And he essentially wants to prove that she is the Sun Summoner, that mm-hmm. she has importance, and that she does have what it takes to take down the Shadowfold. No pressure. I mean, it's only been like four days, but no pressure. (laughs) You almost been killed already. (laughs) After that demonstration scene, that's kind of where we get to the middle of the book. Where a majority of the middle of the book, I would say, and we talked about this a little earlier, is Kami called it a training montage. It's the, it's okay. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Here's the thing. Like one third of this book is um, like those training montages that you see. In movies, like... Kung Fu Panda? Like, Kung Fu Panda, right? They said a, the, a song over it, and then you see just, like, a bunch of clips. Kung Fu Panda, Hercules, Mulan. But why are they all Disney movies? <laughs> I was, I was going to say... perfect. Pitch perfect. It does. 100... You know, it's a train. It's, it's one of those. Yeah. Except it's kind of explained out. Mm-hmm. You know? It's kind of a lengthened training montage. Yes. And you get to know, you know... More about the Grisha and more about their powers, more of how they train and learn. And you meet Botkin, who I think is an MVP personally. I would support that. He's strict, but he's fair. And he's a little bit soft. And that's all you need to be the MVP. (laughs) Those are the only requirements. (laughs) Strict, but fair and a little bit soft. But I mean, think about it. Our other MVPs. That would make sense. Billy Black. Yeah. Right? Should... Jalal Al Curry. Strict, but fair, but and fair. a little soft. I think the fair is the most important part. Yeah, he has to be fair. He yeah. can't just be strict. He can't be biased. Oh, absolutely not. No. <laughs> that's that's what we're Go for. easy on Alina just because she's nude all of this? <laughs> no. No. <laughs> <laughs> um, 
Um, and you kind of just get a more t- more of a taste, like, of Zoya and, like, her power. Like, she's powerful. She's kind of a brat. That's a nice word for it. <laughs> <laughs> she's just super confident. She thinks she's top dog. Basically. And she doesn't like someone going into her territory. And also because... Everyone's kind of calling Elena the Darkling's new favorite. And Zoro's like, hey, 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 what about me <laughs> and my little wind powers here? Okay. <laughs> There's that. Um, and you see her and then we meet Bagra. I always say it. I, I think I said Bagra in my mind. That sounds better. We'll go with that. <laughs> where we meet Bagra, where we learn that she is an amplifier, like the Darkling. Where she goes and she help, tries to help train Alina to use her power. And right? she's quite brutal. Yeah. Yeah. She Rightly she, so, though. Yeah. She's basically like, you have the power. You're the problem, though. <laughs> <laughs> she kind of reminded me of a Hagrid slash McGonagall character. Is it because she lived in kind of a hut? <laughs> yes. Yeah, she lived in a hut and she was very strict. So mm. it's just like Hagrid McGonagall. <laughs> and she was old. <laughs> so that's that that's my that's take on the gist. Yeah. Oh yeah. And also with the training montage, we get a taste of the little palace. We get a taste of kind of like the court life. Mm-hmm. Apparently Jenya is kind of disgraced in a sense she wears the servant colors she is the right hand of the queen just it's her job basically to make the queen look pretty and there's kind of some whisperings about uh some things going on with the king and we learn a little bit more about the darkling in increments as well yeah i am surprised with the training montage though simply because i still was interested in what was happening Mm-hmm. Like, I still wanted to, oh, like, it was very interesting to learn more about the Grisha, you know, and all their powers, like, fabricators and corporal, and <laughs> the corporal, 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 I don't know how to pronounce it, it's fine, you know who I'm talking about. The, the corporalki. And you kind of learn just, like, the things, how, like, summoners and... Corporalki, like, don't get along, you know, they're, like, rivals. Fabricators just, like, you know, do their own thing. A little like high school. Yeah, not gonna lie. Yeah. Grisha high school. A little bit. We're all in this together. (laughs) (laughs) But I still cared enough, like, about Alina's training with Bagra, seeing, like, her progress there with Botkin, just because he's MVP, you know? Mm Mm-hmm. It still kept up the pace, just, like, in a different way. So, like, the pace was consistent, but in different situations. Also, I, I, I didn't feel like the training montage was an info dump either, which I think is really important because I think it could have easily felt like an info dump mm-hmm. where it's like, oh, basically, we're going to use this time just to unload a bunch of information. It did unload a bunch of information, but it didn't feel like it was unloading a bunch of information. Yeah. The, I distinctly remember, though, there were two scenes in the book that I felt like the pace maybe did a little bit more of a disservice to them. The first one was the fold, and the second one was the little fight, the little skirmish Alina had with Zoya. Mm. And it's because they're both breezed through really easily. So, like, the fold, it's this huge threat, right? And the writing, I still think, does well to translate that, but it happens really quickly. Oh. And it's the same thing with Zoya, where there's kind of been this rivalry brewing in between them. And Alina says, hey, I'll fight you, Zoya. And they kind of get into it. And then it's just kind of over really fast. And Zoya gets punished because she used her powers when she, you're not supposed to in the training room and stuff like that. But it's just really quickly done. Huh. Where it just doesn't feel like... not It impacts the story. But... I just wanted it to have a little bit more gravity to it. Otherwise, especially with the theme with Zoya, it just seems kind of like drama. Ah, more like fluff in the Grishaverse. Yeah, some some gossip in the Grisha... <laughs> gossip Grisha girl. <laughs> <laughs> I can see... No, yeah. I personally didn't feel like that when I first read it. 
I was just kind of like reading through. But if I think about it, it that you are right. I think with the fold though, I think Leigh Bardugo did write it quickly just so that we could have the sense of Alina's I don't know what happened. Mm-hmm. You know, her sense of everything's happening. I don't know what to do. There's so much to take in. Exactly. So I think that's the reason why she did it in that instance. But the the thing with Zoya, yeah, I uh, I don't I don't quite understand why it was over so quickly. And and I suppose kind of like a third instance where I felt like this a little bit, but kind Sorry. of an oh no, you're totally good. Um, where I kind of felt like this in a different way was when so obviously Alina's been training with Bagra, and she's still not really able to do much with her power. Like even if she's able to summon little streams of sunlight, it's still not enough. And while we're getting this information, we're also learning that Alina's been writing to Mal and she hasn't been getting any letters back. And slowly, she just kind of feels like their bond is kind of breaking apart. And so with that, there's this scene with Bagra where Alina kind of finally confronts within herself what's been holding her back and her, with her powers is because of the prologue, essentially. What, well, I guess what the prologue describes, which is that She's always, her friendship with Mal is everything. And so her friendship with Mal is what has been keeping her going, but also has been what has been keeping her back. What has been holding her back. Sorry, I said that in a weird way. And so there's that moment where she kind of releases that and then her powers are able to be better summoned. But even with that scene, it has the due due diligence where it's built up. The letters are being sent. None are being received. Bagra's getting mad at her. But I still felt like the emotional impact just quite wasn't there yet for me. Where I I can understand her little, I have to kind of let Mal go thing, but it just wasn't deep enough for me to go, okay, this is a real moment. This is a real change. It just kind of felt like it more so happened to me. Like her emotional attachment to Mal wasn't deep enough to be associated with her her the the um, the holding back of her power or more so like just the breaking of that bond in mm-hmm. a sense because this is kind of the moment where she separates a little bit more from mal and this is kind of where she falls more into the darkling's presence and into his flirtations and such that i just wanted it to feel more like a break it kind of just feels like a little like a when bend. i wanted it to be like a you know something that's like Gets you. Yeah, where I'm like, oh, that was a friendship that she just kind of broke because she wasn't feeling it anymore because it was holding her back. Instead, it was more like, Mal isn't sending my letter and is sending any letters back. Mm. I'm just going to let it go now. Yeah, I think part of that is just because we stopped seeing Mal so early on in the books because she is taken away from him. And it is mostly just her kind of like yearning for that. You like yearning for like him and his friendship and his like presence. So we don't really see a lot of Mal being with Alina. It's more of her wanting to be with him. And it could also be with what I said with the beginning where it just, I kind of had that taste of my mouth of she needs him more than he needs her. So maybe that could have played into it as well. It could have been something like that where maybe how I read it maybe dampened that power breaking moment. I felt it too though. I felt, Mm. I was like, so Mal's like not writing back to you and like you're like feeling it and I mean that's hard you know like you're losing touch with one of your best friends but I also like I feel like that's not enough for you to just kind of like let go of it like I felt like there had to be some interaction with Mal Mm -hmm. and then like having this falling out and having her like having all these emotions and everything to finally like have it break because you know how toward more the end of the book when she first sees Mal in the palace and he's kind of like, oh, you're just the Darkling's thing now. Yeah. Even if a moment like that mm-hmm. kind of caused that break, I'd maybe understand it a little bit more. Yeah. Just because I think there's kind of more Kindle for it. But in this moment, it is just, I, I do understand, you know, like you said, she's losing her connection to, to her best friend, but it just wasn't quite snappy enough. Or maybe, I maybe I would have preferred maybe like a flashback. Hmm. Of when Alina felt, like, inferior in her relationship with Mal. Or felt 
doubt or had like cause to feel doubt something like that maybe like a flashback and her finally like realizing it but for like as the reader we see that interaction with them and then kind of like validate her feelings and the break and the release of her power Mm. so I like even that much I probably would have preferred that yeah I think that could have really helped to amplify that moment. I do remember that moment kind of stuck out to me where I was like, "Eh, I wish that was a little bit more. Like, even if a letter had been sent back Hmm. and Mal was like, screw you. Obviously, he would never do that. But, you know, (laughs) if he had done something like that, then I think it just feel a little bit more like a catalyst. Yeah. And then after the whole training montage and some kisses, well, just one kiss. It was one. With the Darkling. Yeah. Then the entire little palace is kind of getting ready for the winter fete. Is that what it's called? I don't know. Fete? 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 The big end of the year party. Yeah, essentially. Prom. Prom. Where essentially it's kind of like a magic show. For the king's guests. Basically. Where all of the Grisha perform to entertain the masses. Mm-hmm. And before she attends the event, Alina finally decides, I'm going to wear the Darkling's colors. Which I was like, okay, I am really feeling this <laughs> Interesting. <laughs> it's essentially kind of like a guy giving you his jersey. Yeah, like yeah, it kind yeah, of yeah. has that same feeling. I was like, oh, this is very like I'm wearing something of his. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> he gave me his sweater. <laughs> he gave me his Kefta colors. <laughs> and I love how Genya's just kind of she's like kind of feeling it, right? She's like, you do look good in black, but she's also like, be careful, <laughs> <laughs> go down this road, but make sure you know when to stop. Exactly. Which I'm like, you could have warned her a little bit more. Yeah, you could have. You could have. <laughs> And Alina and the Darkling perform at the Winter Feet Fet. Fete. Fete. Fet. I think it's a French word. Fet. The party. The party. <laughs> the prom. <laughs> <laughs> and after that, and I really, 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 really liked this scene. Where the Darkling kind of seems so overcome with kind of passion and emotion and desire that he pulls Alina away from the celebration and into kind of a random nondescript room and they share a kiss. No, it was more than a kiss. Oh, it was a good kiss too. Because, I mean, they performed, right? Like, she had this whole light thing, like he was doing his dark swirlies and everything and they were arm to arm and everyone kind of like saw them on this thing and they come back and Alina's like feeling it, you know? She's feeling like the thrill and everything. And her and the Darkling are having, like, this little discussion. And he, like you like you say, he takes her to this, like, little room and everything. No one knows. Oh, my favorite line in that one was that he was like, oh, I should be in the war room. But I'm not. I'm here with you. I was like, that is a man right there. <laughs> and then, he may be a little <laughs> evil, but that is a man. And basically, he, they don't just kiss. They have, like, a full, like, make-out session. Yeah. It was kind of hot. It was steamy. It was. And it was it was kind of unexpected. Like, you you mm-hmm. felt where it was going, mm-hmm. but still the intensity of it. I was like, whoo! I'm going to be rereading like, that up a few against times. a wall. Mm-hmm. Like, things happen. Mm-hmm. Things happen. I don't want to get too much into it because I feel like I'm going to sound weird. <laughs> <laughs> I know. That, that's the thing with kiss scenes is that I'm like, I want to describe how passionate I felt about it, but I also don't want to be, like, Weird. weird. <laughs> So we're going to leave it at that. Yeah. But, oh, sorry, you go. No, basically after the kiss, the Darkling's like, can I visit you tonight in your room? And she's kind of like, the kombucha girl? (laughs) Where she's like, no, no. But she's like, no, no, no. Bye. (laughs) And she doesn't answer. She doesn't answer. She kind of gives like... Silence. Yeah. <laughs> I thought she gave an answer for some reason. He has to leave, essentially. He has to leave because they hear people coming around. He's like, you know, I should I should be getting going on my way, right? Mm-hmm. But real fast, during the kiss, and this was kind of a hot moment, but this was also kind of a foreshadowing moment, where while they're kissing, Alina can kind of feel the Darkling's powers through him. Oh, and yeah, she's yeah. like, hey, you want this, but you don't like that you want this. And she kind of confronts him. And he's, and he's like, it's, it's 
a weakness to want. I was <laughs> oh, like, I forgot Ooh. about that. I feel that right now. Oh. I feel weak. <laughs> She's Leigh Bardugo was very good at the I feel for you, but I don't want to. Yeah. Her one-liners are freaking insane. Mm-hmm. Like, they hit so hard. I go, what? How do you do this? She's. I will say, Leigh Bardugo is good at building up the relationship. Yeah. I'm saying more of this as in Six of Crows, which we will get to. Yeah. But I still liked it in, in this in this instance. Mm-hmm. And and so I just wanted to add that in. I forgot about off. it. No, yeah, I forgot about it. I, I'm not going to lie. That was, that was an attractive I moment. I read that scene, but I was interrupted at that moment. And I was like... No, wait, wait, he wants it, but he doesn't want it. I have to get back to this. I read right through. (laughs) (laughs) So after Alina and the Darkling share their kiss, she tries to go back to either back to the party or to her room. Where she is intercepted by Bagra. Mm -hmm. And Bagra is basically like, hey... I'm about to give you the tea. (laughs) I'm the Darkling's mother. We're super old. I have all of his powers. So he's also super old and kind of evil because he is the Black Heretic. He's the one that created the Shadowfold and he's not going to use you to get rid of it. He's going to use you to expand it and make all the other kings bow before him. Which I'm like, that's a plan. It's a plan. That's a, he's a planner. He's strategic. <laughs> <laughs> and Alina's kind of like, do I believe this? Do I not? And eventually she does. Yeah. It actually didn't take her too much convincing. Which the Darkling later in the book comments on when he says, it only took you a few words from Bagra to just instantly not trust me anymore. I'm like, but <laughs> she was right. <laughs> She was. I mean, she kind was. of self-fulfilling prophecy I mean, here, dude. Six cents, hon. Six yeah. cents. Yeah. But basically, you know, Bagra tells that, and then she plans to run away from the whole palace, like, that night, because things are going to motion. Because we learned beforehand um, that the Darkling's wanting to get Lena an amplifier. Like, kind of like what he and Bagra is, but in antler form. <laughs> he, he in, wants, in like a bone because like we've learned we learned in the Grisha verse that like bones and and other things are used as amplifiers for Grisha power like Ivan has one right mm-hmm. and so the Darkling is wanting to find one for Lena for her power and he there's this like old folktale about this deer yes yeah deer. kind of like this mystical herd that mm-hmm. is really hard to catch as they run across the countries, basically. And everyone tells the Darkling, <laughs> that's just that's just a fairy tale. Like, what you doing? This is Bagra. She's basically roasting him. <laughs> Rapunzel, like, Rapunzel, <laughs> let down your hair. <laughs> but basically, the Darkling has put together a force to find the amplifier for Alina. Right? We don't know why yet, but that's what we know. And so then Alina goes and just runs away after she talks to Bagra about, like, the whole, hey, I'm the Darkling's mother, he's evil, run away now. He's got some bad plans going yeah. Um, oh no. He got that from that, his father. But before that, but before that, before all that happened, she runs into Mal. Mm-hmm. In the palace hallways. Yes. Yes. Because he's part of the... The tracking group. The tracking group to go find the, the herd of deer. Right? He's under the Darkling's orders. And he sees Alina, and they kind of get into... Like, for at first, they're like, oh, so good to see you, right? But then they kind of get into an argument. Where Mouse is kind of cold. And you can, you can kind of feel some jealousy from him. Yeah, he's like, you're wearing the Darkling's colors. You're, and- like, you're his now. Like, I saw you guys, like, performing together. And, like, Alina kind of takes offense to that. And they basically leave in a fight. Mm-hmm. Like, because she's like, I've been suffering so much without you. He's like, wow, you're really suffering. You're in a palace with food and warmth. Like, I thought you were being tortured, but yeah, here but you are. Here you are. All fine. <laughs> <laughs> and basically, things end, they don't, go, they don't go their separate ways amicably. In which case, she tries to go back to her room, I think. And then is intercepted Bagra. by Bagra. Mm-hmm. She's like, hey, again. <laughs> go run away. Right? And so then Alina tries to go run away. 
Things are turning out great for her, though, because, let's be honest, she's not great at running away. I mean, this is maybe where her cartographer skills could have played handy, because maybe she could have mapped out the terrain, or maybe she knew a map of the terrain, but no. No. She was kind of running in blind, and the Darkling sends forces after her, and then Mal's the one who finds her, right? He's like, I tracked you, like, I don't know what's going on, but we need to get you to a safe place. And then as they're, you know, trying to escape the Darkling and the Darkling's forces, they kind of have a reconnecting moment where they rebond in a sense. And and Alina actually kisses Mal in the full wist. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. And she tells Mal the Darkling's plans for her. Oh, and how they have to find the amplifier first. And uh, and I will say that was one of the things, and I mentioned this a little bit in the recommendation. So in the recommendation, I said I wish that Alina had made some of her own decisions. So in this moment, when ultimately they come to decide that they need to get the amplifier first, it's actually Mal, 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 Mal. What? How have I been saying this? <laughs> um, Mal is the one who suggests hey, we should get the amplifier first. Mm. Which I felt like that was an instance where it's something, it's a situation that directly pertains to Alina that I wish she would have taken initiative and said, Mal, we need to go find the antlers first. We need to go find the herd first. Well, I mean, yes. Yes, because she learns from Bagra that if the Darkling puts the amplifier on her, he can control her. Which, I mean, like, who's gonna be okay with that? I, I'm not down. Like, I mean, I'm not really in control of my life as it is, <laughs> but I don't want to have someone else do it, you know? So, I can, yeah, I agree with you on that point. I kind of wish she kind of taken that into, into her own, what's the word? Hands. Yes! Because she's empowered enough at this point, and like I said, it's just, it's something that's literally kind of her problem. I do agree on that. I, I, I agree on that front. But, I mean... There isn't a ton that happens throughout that anyway, because, you know. Hey, 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 there's Butter Week. <laughs> Don't insult Butter Week. Alina and Mel are basically just trying to survive. They're just trying to track down the deer herd. <laughs> the motherbuckers. <laughs> the motherbuckers. And it's basically just like another training montage, except it's a surviving montage. <laughs> adventure, adventure montage. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> where, I mean, the only, I feel like the only part worth mentioning, they're okay, there are two parts worth mentioning. One uh, is, one of them is Butter Week. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> because it was just, I don't know, it's just, the, I think it's just the fact that they call it Butter Week. Actually, you know what's kind of funny about that scene, though? So one of the times where Alina makes a decision instantly goes badly. <laughs> Because she's the one who goes to Mal and is like, hey, Mal, we should go down to Butter Week. We can try to eat and stuff. And then it instantly results in just... Getting mugged. Yeah. And he, no, it's okay. So she wants this, this essentially a cinnamon roll. Yeah. In Grisha-verse words, right? Yeah. It's essentially a cinnamon roll. And they get mugged. <laughs> <laughs> they get mugged. And then Alina's kind of like, oh my gosh, like, these are assassins. Like, they found us and everything. But no, they're just common robbers, you know? <laughs> One, like, her decision led them to being mugged, but two, she just kind of starts laughing maniacally, and then everyone just kind of stops and is like, are you okay? Like, are you crazy? <laughs> Mal's like, I hate you. <laughs> Basic no. So, you know what? Maybe, maybe, maybe Alina should not make her own decisions. <laughs> I mean, she also, like, made out with the Darkling, which is a good and bad one, because bad because he's kind of he, evil. evil. <laughs> he wants to destroy the world. But good. Because he's hot. Yes. But also, she didn't really instigate that. That was kind of him instigating the kiss. He did instigate She just it. kind of accepted it. She did. True. True. But I mean, there were, there were longing gazes. And gazes take two people. <laughs> <laughs> you need four eyes. <laughs> Um, the other, the other scene that I was talking about in the surviving montage is that moment in the forest where they're kind of rebonding, Alina and Mal, you know? 
And they're kind of like talking to, to each other. And I think this is where Mal was like, you know, after you were gone, I realized just like how much you meant to me. And I was right. like, sure, tell her now. Okay, after wow. she's been kidnapped. <laughs> All right. <laughs> and this is kind of this moment of them kind of coming to terms with, oh, we're more than friends, question mark. Are we friend zoning each other right now or are we into each other, question mark? And apparently it was the latter because yeah. Alina kisses Mal. Yeah. There's a little, a little Melina going on. Oh, they have a good, they have a good chef name. Dark Lena. That's also, ooh, both of them are good. Yeah. That doesn't happen. <laughs> I'd say they're like Charles or Kimmy. That, that is rare. <laughs> but also, during that scene, we figure out that they think that they're close to the, the deer, you know? The, the amplifier. Mm-hmm. With the, the thingies. The horns. The antlers? <laughs> <laughs> the antlers, yeah. <laughs> Not the horns. My goodness. <laughs> So it is after they kiss that the stag appears. It's a stag! I was like, there's a Harry Potter word for it. <laughs> but and then, you know, they know that they have to cut they have to kill the deer stag. Which I'm like, if anyone kills this stag, I will lose it. I know, I know I knew that was the scene where you were gonna be like, uh-uh. <laughs> but then Alina's like, what? No, we can't kill him. And which I think you have gained a little bit of respect for yeah, her. I was like, okay. Oh, don't kill her, Mal. Yeah, keep her alive. <laughs> <laughs> and she kind of like has this almost bonding moment with the stag, kind of like understanding. But then the stag kind of gets wrecked. Yeah, after Alina has this bonding moment with the stag, instantly the Darkling arrives. He's like, "Thought you got rid of me? <laughs> Get in, loser. We're going shopping." <laughs> and he's like, "Nope, nope, nope," and. Kills the stag. Yep. Which I was like, Ooh, oh, yeah, when he killed the stag, Darkling, man. what he, the heck? He takes the thing off. Mal is subdued. You know, he's going to put the necklace on Alina. My favorite part, though, is where, uh, you know, sub- Mal subdued, stag dead, antlers cut. And then and then the Darkling is just kind of like taunting at Mal. And he's like, oh, what was the line? Let's what see. was the line? He said something about how... Something along the lines of him and Alina. Well, one of the lines is that the Darkling's like, he's saying this to Mal. Has Alina told you what I have sh- what I showed her in the dark? That one! And I was that like, one! It was that line. Woo-hoo! He said that. He was like, oh, oh. Oh, so this is what he says. Direct quote. I, I was going to try to do man voice, but I don't <laughs> think that will go well. Did you tell him, Alina, does the boy know how willing you were to give yourself to me? Did you tell him what I showed you in the dark? I was like, the shade. Literally. <laughs> the shade. <laughs> oh, that line. I know at this point, the Darkling is evil. You know, he's trying to take over the world. He doesn't want to bow down to people. He's kind of using people willy-nilly and he's, killing he's animals. He's tired of serving kings. He's got a, an immense amount of power that people haven't really respected. Yeah. You know what? He, you know, he is very evil. He has all these things. It's still kind of hot the way he said that. Yeah. (laughs) When he said that, I was like, I'm still low key down for this. I'm still attracted to you. It was in that moment where I was like, I'm still attracted to you. And I was like, you little shadow man. (laughs) Oh, and like Mal's like cold jealousy, like. Ooh. I was like, yeah, Mel, what up? I mean, talk about kicking a man when he's down, though. Seriously. Mel's already been subdued. He's literally not really a threat in this scene. You know, it's kind of more like Alina versus the Darkling. And the Darkling's still like, bro, here's an extra put down. You know? I think he did it because Alina and Mel were like sharing glances like, what are we going to do? And he's like, no, no. <laughs> this was me and her first. <laughs> you know what she willingly did? What it like shut her in the dark? Like, damn. I'm like, Darkling, yo. But yo. <laughs> Just the, the shade. And then, of course, Alina says, Mal, kill me. And Mal can't. Gosh, no. Mal. He's like, commit. I can't. Talk about commitment issues. <laughs> <laughs> and then the Darkling, with David's help, forges the antlers into a necklace. And he puts the necklace on Alina. And dun dun dun, her powers are no longer hers. After that, the Darkling's like, I got plans. So he goes, I'm going to take you, Alina, 
with me on a skiff with a bunch of ambassadors. And I'm going to take Val too. I'm going to kill him. <laughs> <laughs> He's like, you can beg me however much you want. He, he's literally like, you know, beg for his life. And Lee's like, please don't kill him. He's like, okay, I'll kill him on Dalton. <laughs> he's like, but I'll let you have one last night with him. Yeah. And so Mal and Lena do have one night and they kind of talk about memories and it's sad. You know, your friend's going to die. I didn't really feel that bad for them. TBH. Well, just because, again, I'm like, the dark lean. Uh, you know, even though he's about to kill someone, I'm like, the dark lean. <laughs> um, so the next day, they go out on the skiff. And the Darkling uses Alina's powers and his powers to basically demonstrate that he can expand the fold. That he can destroy cities, he can destroy countries if needed. It's basically a threat. Like, hey, I'm not saying it, but I am saying it. (laughs) (laughs) I want you guys to go back to your countries and I want you guys to tell everyone what's happened here. And tell them that the Darkling's here. (laughs) (laughs) I'm a threat. And Alina, again, this whole time is imprisoned with the necklace and Mal's getting prepped to die. Ultimately, though, Alina discovers, because before this, she's kind of had thoughts about the stag, little dreams, as if the stag is trying to tell her something. And ultimately, she discovers that the stag bestowed its power upon her when she gave the stag mercy and that that power, given power, consent, basically, is more powerful than someone trying to make a slave out of you. The reason why Alina kind of, like, finally realizes, hey, the stag bestowed his power on me beforehand, was because they kind of sent Mal just, like, into the shadow fold. They were just kind of, like, they just kind of, like, threw him <laughs> off. Right? Right? And he's just kind of walking around, and she's like, dude's gonna get eaten. Yeah. By this Volcra. <laughs> exactly. She was kind of like, no! And so she like, kind of like saves him. Cut thing happens. They're running away to West Ravka because that's on the other side of the shadow mm-hmm. hold. Now it's just Alina and Mal. The two of them as it's always been. And now it's up to them to figure out how they're going to strike back at the Darkling and what allies they need to find. And that's kind of where the book ends off. Yeah. And it kind of feels like this is only the beginning. That's mm-hmm. kind of the sense I got at the end of the book where, you know, it's a ve- it's a completed book, but also it's it's very sequel. Yeah, yeah. You know, where it's like the, there's a lot we have to confront mm-hmm. with this. There's a lot of stones left unturned. Overall, with the ending of the book, how did you feel about it? Did you feel satisfied? Were you left wanting for the Darkling? Did you like, like what he showed you in the dark? <laughs> Well, with because we, we're we're left with the Darkling just on the skiff, so we don't really know what happens to him for sure at the end of Shadow and Bone. But the, you, there's a feeling like you know he's gonna be back. I mean, his name is the Darkling. You yeah. can't just get rid of him. I mean, he created the Shadowfold, so he's definitely gonna be back. But the ending, like I wasn't dissatisfied with it, but I mean, it wasn't like my most favorite ending of all time, you know. I do, I do think it did give good leeway to a sequel, though. I will say that. Like, Leigh Bardugo did a really good job of, like, setting up her story, keeping it interesting enough for you to read all the way through, and then giving to a sequel. I think the last third of the book was where I was the most excited. Yeah. Where I felt like everything that had been, had, that had been built up, all of the tension was at its highest point, and I think things filed down really well. I felt like you really did kind of have, like, the charts with the climax and then the resolution. I did. It had a really good flow. And I think with the ending, it's very good sequel potential, but it's also not just, like, oh, this book is only to be a sequel. Like, the the purpose of this book is just to have a sequel. It didn't feel like that, which I liked. Mm. This book was this book, and it was whole, and it was completed. Thank you all so much for joining us in today's in-depth discussion about Shadow and Bone by Leigh Bardugo. We hope that you will join us in our upcoming episodes. If you enjoyed our content, don't be afraid to subscribe to the series and follow us on social media. On both Twitter and Instagram, we go by the handle at Kiwi and the Bird. And remember, like a library, at Kiwi and the Bird, shh, happens.
If you made it this far, get ready for some bloopers. Bloop. 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 I really want us to just put an unedited version. <laughs> I was actually... <laughs> I was thinking about that. I'm like, one, it'd be five hours. <laughs> True. And two, we wouldn't get started until three hours in. <laughs> be like, hey, by the way, if you were wanting to hear a discussion about the actual book, skip to <laughs> time marker, three hours and 33 <laughs> minutes. I just remember from the trailer really well. He's like, you and I are going to change the world. Oh, well, the dark is really hot on that TV show. I'm like, whoo. The Darkling's like, this place is ugly. (laughs) I hate it. (laughs) Basically. Also, can I just say, the Black Heretic is such a freaking cool name. That is a cool name. I mean, it's so hard to hate a villain when they have a cool name. It really is. I just, I feel like I have to. Yeah, I'm like, how am I supposed to be mad at that? Taylor, if it's not the Lion King, I don't know what I'm going to do. The Lion King in the jungle? Oh, I, I would have searched a wee. <laughs> <laughs> On her mind is Mal. Is he okay? Yeah. Where is he? Where's Martha? <laughs> <laughs> Actually, it was cute that Mal said, meet me at the meadow. I'll give him that. Oh, right, because the meadow was like, was like a place of their childhood. Mm-hmm. Oh. oh, okay. That's pretty cute. Yeah, I was, I was like, okay, that's, that's pretty Props. adorbs. Props to you. Okay. What are you? Right? Like, what happened? Yeah. People have been saying things. Like, She's like, sir, I wish I knew. <laughs> the Darkling is here with his lips and you know We're it. going to live in the present here. <laughs> Where he's like, it just told, it, it just took Bag- Bagra, Bagra to say just a few things for to you. Oh my gosh, I'm still like so <laughs> Yeah. Um, and it's Morozova's herd. That's what the herd is called. I remembered, I was going to say Mazel Tov. <laughs> I know it's not Mazel Tov. That's why I didn't say the name of the herd. Also, whenever in books or movies, though, when the person's like, hey, if this happens, I need you to kill me. I'm like, it's not going to freaking happen. They're not going to be. I've seen this in in Avengers. I've seen this in this book. Anytime you ask someone to kill you, they won't kill you. No. Mm-mm. The sentimentality is too great. Yeah. I guess people just love each other too much. Gosh. Why is there so much emotion? <laughs> Which is what happens here. Yeah. Because right after she like has this like understanding with an animal. I kind of do make fun of it though, because guess what? Those freaking horse movies are the worst. Like Like Seabiscuit? Like Secretariat. You know, it's always, it always goes this way. Okay. (laughs) It's, oh, this horse is a rebel. He'll never do what you want him to. He's also way too slow. He's not fast enough to be a racehorse. And then, oh, a girl appears and she bonds with him, which makes him tame all of a sudden. And now he's really fast, except, oh, no, injury to the horse. Can he can he get through it? Yes, he can. And then he wins the race. Have you ever seen Racing Stripes? No, I'm assuming it's the exact same plot, though. I'd like to offer a different variable, though. Instead of a horse, and it's still racing, it's a zebra. (laughs) And throughout the movie, two flies kind of narrate it. (laughs) Actually, it's a really cute movie, though. (laughs) Every horse movie, though. It's every horse movie, and they're so freaking cheesy. You know what? I get understanding with dogs, you know? I am number four. Oof. <laughs> I was not expecting that. I am number four reference. <laughs> I was just expecting like, I don't know, oh, wait, Marley and one? me. Is that's, I am number, with Will Smith and the zombies. No. <laughs> no, that's I am legend. <laughs> You're thinking of I am number four with Alex Pettifer. Oh, well, he was in my mind. So. <laughs> Yeah, I am legend then. With Will Smith and his dog, you know, yeah. like, you felt for him. Yeah. You were like, no, his I, only companion. I hate that movie because right? of that. Marley and me. Again. Old yeller. <laughs> Dogs, right? You understand with the understanding of animals. 
I just, I can't do it with the horse, though. It's just so freaking cheesy. Have you ever interacted with a horse? Yes. What? Subscribe is such a stupid word. <laughs> I do feel like the Darkling's kind of the star of the show. Oh, the name, absolutely. the kefta, the presence, the cut, the one-liners, how he's like, fine, make me your villain. I was like, <laughs> oh, you already are my villain. I, I have a bunch of Nerf guns in my closet oh, right I now. I know. Yeah. I'm aware. I remember because you used to be in the big room, right? And there's this little door, right? Mm-hmm. Yep. And I opened it and I because I asked you if I could and you're like, yeah, sure. And I wasn't sure what I was expecting. I sure was not expecting a bunch of like these giant Nerf guns. I'm like, this is a threat. <laughs> there's one, one rule about Fight Club. You don't break the Nerf guns. I like how you had a Fight Club. It's just myself in it. Unless if you want to join, would you like to be in Fight Club? You can't talk about it. (laughs) (laughs) And you can't break the Nerf guns. And you can't break the Nerf guns. I think I can handle it. Yeah, rule one, don't talk about Fight Club. Rule two, don't break the Nerf guns. Rule three, now you can have some fun. (laughs) (laughs) Now you can have some fun. Wear a helmet. (laughs)